Hello, this is Sasha. This is Steven. And this is Shut Up, I Love It. A podcast where we invite our guests to come on and champion an aspect of popular culture that they feel is underrated or underappreciated. Joining us today, she is a Southern Californian native born in the Valley and reared in Orange County who regularly performs at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and the Comedy Store. She is also an expert pop culture writer and panelist on Chelsea Lately. Her acting credits include Superstore, Modern Family, Take My Wife, Burning Love, and Married, among others. Welcome, Chris Farah! It's me! <laughs> Hi! Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Yeah, thank, thank you for you coming. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. How was your ride here? Oh, uh, you know what? Trafficy, but LA tastic, I would say. That's you know? true. You know, you take the good and the bad in LA. Sometimes it means sitting in traffic for 40 minutes. It does, you know, but I really wazed my way around. I went mm. up outpost. I took Mulholland. Did you take a lot of left turns? It took a lot of left turns. Yeah, unprotected left. Just, just prayed and turned. <laughs> it makes you feel alive. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. one that Waze has made me appreciate the gift that God gives me every day in mm-hmm. a way that I did not before. It tests that too for you. Mm-hmm. So test that <laughs> gift. Chris, what did you bring to this podcast? Oh, I am so excited to bring one of the best movies ever made. Wow. This is Bernardo Bertolucci's <laughs> Stealing Beauty. See, because most people at this point would think that it's conformist, right? If you say Bernardo Bertolucci. Because that's like the movie that put him on the map, I think, significantly. But then people have to think, wait, but that's not what this podcast is. Because they read the title (laughs) episode. So there are no people like that. It's just my imaginary people. Well, look, here, okay, maybe there's someone who's got their podcast player set to autoplay. (laughs) And they just finished an episode of The Daily and automatically the new episode of Shut Up, I Love It started, and they don't know what the topic is. And yeah, you're right. You're right. They are right now thinking, oh, they're talking about the conformist. But we're not. No. We will never talk about conformist. No, it it's, doesn't fit the theme. No, it's too popular. Well, yeah. I don't know. Too well-known, I I've guess. I've never seen it. I have seen it. twice. I've heard it's good. No, I don't care about it. <laughs> no, you, uh, do you care about any other Bertolucci movies besides this one? I can't name one. one. Great. Well, what is the one that you can name? Did we say the title? I'll say it again. Stealing Beauty, starring Liv Tyler. We're going to say it as many times as possible during this episode. So, great. Yeah. Stealing Beauty, the Liv Tyler vehicle. Is it her breakout film? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Her debutante breakout film, because her only work thus far had been like Aerosmith videos. Mm -hmm. Because it's 1996 we're talking. It's 1996. Pre-Alvian Liv Tyler. Alvian? Oh, oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, pre, very pre, <laughs> very pre, pre. A different time. Yeah, yeah. This is indeed her breakthrough role. She plays Lucy Harmon, an innocent American girl. Mm-hmm. In my canon, she's related to Dan Harmon, but they're like <laughs> they're like second cousins. She travels. He would be so uh, happy to have. Oh, he would love that. Family. Yeah, I'd love that. She travels to Tuscany, Italy. What a beautiful place. Oh. Never been, but. I, it's I, now like and now if you've if you've seen the oh, movie it's like you've gone because oh. it's they do such a good job of <laughs> she it. goes there just to lose her virginity according to the summary that i found <laughs> mm-hmm. i saw the film so did steven that's not why she's going there's other <laughs> motives there's other mo this is a this there's she has a lot of wants that's true she uh, i guess she does want <laughs> nicolo nicolo 
Niccolo. Yeah, Niccolo. Mm-hmm. It does seem like she wants to get it from Niccolo. No, who doesn't? So, not me. I'll tell you. Okay. If I had to pick any man in this movie, it wouldn't be Niccolo. <gasps> Would it be Alex? Would it be Christopher? Yeah, it'd be Christopher. Yeah, played by a young Joseph Fiennes. <laughs> is this cast not ridiculous? Were you guys being like, oh my, this cast is, re- I don't want to get into it, you guys. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean. We can't get into it. We should get it's into it. It's a star-studded it. cast. It's a star-studded besides, cast. Besides Liv <laughs> Tyler, who are some other names in this film, Chris? Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Mm-hmm. Bear boobs right away. But did you see her bush too? Well, I First saw shot Liv- bush. Uh, uh, probably. I saw Liv Tyler's badge straight up. Did you know that there's like a <laughs> way to see Liv Tyler's badge when she is at some point? Like it's her. It's not a body double, I think. Because you can really see, like she turns around. She's not wearing underwear because I think at this point somebody took it off. Might have been... Christopher, is it the the one who ends up spoiler alert? No, the, no, the one that ends up it's like oh shoot, oh no, it's Osvaldo? that Osvaldo. Yeah, it's Osvaldo. So Osvaldo rolls her over, right, and she like turns her knees, and you see this straight up glimpse of the badge. Stephen, you missed it. Yeah. Rewind, rewind, pause. <laughs> yeah, rewind. I'll have to go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's there for the ages, honey. But you also see her breasts as well, or a breast. Yeah, you do in see the breasts. bathtub. No, when no. she's pa- being painted by. Her <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. Is this movie not great? So, okay, so should... at least she didn't lose her virginity to her father. That's Boy, true. But it was touch and go there for a second. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> this is uh, so as we said, uh, Lucy is an American in Tuscany for many reasons, not just to lose her virginity. She's staying with some friends of her deceased mother, mm-hmm. Ian and Diana Grayson. And mm-hmm. nobody bothers to explain who these people are. Like, no. she arrives there, and there's like a good 10 minutes of us not knowing what's the relation yeah. for the longest well, things time. things happen. Things, you know, develop organically in this very slow-moving European film. It's very European. In Europe, look, I've only ever been to Ireland for a few days, from what movies have taught me about Europe, it's a place where nine people who are totally unrelated to each other all live on an estate together and spend their lives together having <sighs> sex in various different combinations. And talk about each other's desire to lose virginity. Because, you know, spoiler alert, there's a big moment where Lucy finds out that everybody's talking about her trying to bang somebody. Yeah, yeah. really, a real faux pas move on the part of Alex Parrish, played yes. by, uh, what's his name? Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> the most standout character, I'd say. I don't oh, yeah. bunch. dying of... A disease. Hey, who cares? Cancer. <laughs> no, is it? <laughs> It, it could oh, he AIDS. said it's not infectious, right? Yeah, it's, it's either, either cancer So then or it's AIDS. not a... Well, if it's not infectious... Uh, oh. Well, I don't cancer. know. I mean... Cancer. I guess AIDS is not infectious unless you are exchanging bodily fluids, but it would have been a possibility in this Look, movie. Nobody yes. explains what exactly <laughs> Alex's illness is. Mm-hmm. We just know it's not infectious, and it eventually kills him? question mark yeah he goes away <laughs> yeah 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 big question mark he goes away that's what we know hospice or but you know it's like europe so once they're in hospice like no one's gonna see that person again kind of seems uh-huh. like ian and diana's really estate saying... is a hospice so yeah. I... <laughs> I love that i keep saying it's europe i look at you sasha i'm just like you know it's europe honey you know just like as if you under you know like you know what it is truly you... this is the europe of your youth <laughs> yeah this is how you grew up right i grew up in asia but yes this is what Siberia. Siberia was like, right? Very warm, lots of wine, <laughs> naked people at the pool. 
boobs everywhere. Boobs everywhere. So yeah, like the setting basically is just that the villa, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really it. They got well, one. Well, we open on a travel montage. Well, we open on the creepy yeah. handheld shots uh, of Liv Tyler touching her dressed badge but yes badge nonetheless just drooling a yeah. dv camcorder footage of all every possible angle of Liv tyler drooling a little bit yeah as she travels from america to the villa she's asleep that's why she's drooling just so, so it's clear <laughs> some <laughs> random she... dudes like taking like video of her and then makes her get off the train in time so she doesn't miss her flight and then hands her a tape that I, he's been with he's been traveling with her since the airplane it's just here i've been videoing you here you go and she's like oh that's crazy okay and she's, she's like, like oh it. this is the place where every single man is gonna harass me like yeah absolutely. that's what it is that character is monsieur guillaume yeah that's right? what they're, that's what they're trying to like yeah because later monsieur guillaume who is this uh well-known figure in the community mm. right he comes to the I villa i didn't make the connection guys he has that, yeah because he has like a it's a bracelet yeah it's a bracelet with a shell on it a puka shell bracelet. Yeah, uh, in the middle of test. <laughs> a single puka shell bracelet. But really, that character is Bernardo Bertolucci himself. Yes. Oh, are you aware of this super creepy director called Tinto Brass? I'm actually pretty familiar with European films. And I'm so conformist a few times. But Tinto Brass is this guy who used to be like really cutting edge dude he was supposed to direct clockwork orange actually oh. but then he changed from avant-garde to eroticism and i mean like straight up porn, porn. basically porn like yeah. porn with nice lighting and storyline <laughs> you know great but yeah yeah so like he's the director actually of salon kitty if anybody knows and uh, caligula mm. which is pornographic drama right so which he did disavow though but then it's weird because he disavowed caligula because it was too sexual he thought too pornographic but then yet he started making his movies like Cheeky, which is straight up porn film. And a lot of it is, I think there's a character, at least in Cheeky, which I saw and I couldn't believe my eyes. Like an old man basically molesting like, like youngish women, you know, yeah. probably o- over 18. But it's like the proxy for the director, like who's just getting the puss anywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's problems. Bernardo Bertolucci, I think there's been some talk of... Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The oh. last few years... Uh, have not were not kind to him because you know he and Marlon Brando made some very poor decisions. Oh right, when they decided to stick the butter into the butt of um, what? What's her name? What? Uh, R.I.P. Um, Did she die? Schneider died. Maria Schneider. Maria Schneider yeah. She came out in like 2011 or whatever, and she was like that scene in Last Tango in Paris. Yes, there's this sodomy scene between them, and that's it. the scene that she. The character doesn't enjoy like she doesn't want it because there's a lot of sexual encounters between her character and brando's character that are consensual but this one is not and he sodomizes her and he uses butter to lubricate her and schneider like who was like 18 or 19 at the time and they didn't do it to her right no but like she felt very violated and because you know brando probably dominated every single scene like with his you know, he's old, prob- way older. Yeah, the tension on set was probably not very dissimilar from the tension in the scene. All right? And I think they did, like, cross some of the boundaries that she felt should have been in place in terms of the conduct with the, you know, the, the, the way they were depicting the sex. But R.A.P., Maria Schneider. Yeah, oh God. please. Yeah, no. Ugh. Uh, rest. 
So yeah, he has some he has some issues. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, but the man. I, I haven't seen Last Tango in Paris either. It's honestly. very sexual. I don't remember much about it, but because this used to be like a movie that, oh my god, you don't see, like you don't see it, like because it's so out there, like prohibited in many countries, like not like different cuts of it exist and everything. <gasps> so at some point, I had to watch it to be like, what's the big talk about it? The same, I just had to watch I No Korida which means in the realms of census, mm, a Japanese mm-hmm. film where, spoiler alert, the main character, the female, cuts off the man's penis at the oh, end of the film and then it. runs on the that streets of That is a spoiler Tokyo. alert. <laughs> Listeners, that is truly a spoiler alert. I hope you <laughs> adhere to it. So, like, that was also, like, super sexual film. So, anytime there's a movie that makes a big splash, whoa, like, it was so pornographic. I'm like, I have to see, like, what's the big deal about it? You know, like, what's the talk about <laughs> me it? Me too, me too. No, I get that. But we're not here to talk about penises being cut off in Japanese films. You know, that's why I had to go see Justice League. Because everybody was talking about how sexual it was, <laughs> pornographic, and um, I didn't really get it, mm-hmm. to be that's honest. That's why I saw The Lion King. Yeah, the version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight? <laughs> and John Favreau's Lion King mm-hmm. is disturbing. Uh. <laughs> Can you give us a brief synopsis of Stealing Beauty? I would I would try to love to, yes. I'm going to try and do so. <laughs> so Lucy, listen. Lucy is 19, honey. Four years ago, she came to the same estate. And she was 15. And she had a magic encounter with Niccolo. Okay, he kissed her by a river. She held on to that kiss, her first kiss. And she, a lot has happened in these four years. Her mom died. Okay. She killed herself. It's intense. Her dad's like, whatever, you know, like, it seems like he's, maybe he's rich or something. He just, he just wanted to send her to do this. So she's a virgin. She comes out to Italy because uh, the guy that she, the state that she lives in also wants to paint her. So it's an excuse for her to come out and she's going to see Niccolo again. But she also has a composition book. One of those old-fashioned black and white ones, you know, from the 90s, you know, like very whatever. Um, And she is constantly like reading poetry and then burning pages of it or whatever, like in fire. It's so romantic. It's so sensual. You know, I love it so much. And um, in Italy, she she meets the barrage of characters staying at this estate. It's like Jeremy Irons again dying. There's this crazy old Italian like art gallery owner. She's like yelling in Italian. There's this one like Italian like love columnist that's always like, let me read you this uh, column, this question I got. Uh, You know, I love it so much. And then Rachel Weiss, who's the daughter, uh, the older daughter of the people staying at the estate and uh, her boyfriend, who's like some American attorney. And this all comes to play. And then her brother is Christopher, who we'll see at some point playing by Joseph Fiennes and his friend is Niccolo, who Liv Taylor has a crush on. So another big reason why she comes to Italy is because she finds in her these writings that she does not know who her father is and she's trying to find that information out. Mm. Her mother was a poet and a model, of course, and so mm-hmm. she reads in these writings that, you know, that, that her dad isn't the person that raised her. So... Niccolo comes back into town and she, you know, picks up with him. But of course, he's a playboy and like all Italians are. Yeah. And she goes to this crazy ass party at Niccolo's. It's one of my favorite scenes in the film. Like there's so many great scenes. This is just an exploration of like a young, hot 90s female like exploring her sexuality, like in the most beautiful Tuscan way possible in the 90s world. By the way, the soundtrack of this movie is insane and like probably one of the best soundtracks of a movie in the 90s. I mean, it literally has to be Wonder Nina Simone and Porter's head on it. Come at, come at me. So anyway, so she goes to this party at the Niccolo's house. She's smoking weed throughout the whole film. I mean, throughout the whole film, that person's smoking weed. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, and then she ends up she ends up getting laid at the end in a very beautiful way under a tree, and he really mm. looks like he gives it to her, and she finds out who her <laughs> father's is, and it's the most beautiful film in the whole world, and I love it. And I think that it also gave way to this like hardcore female point of view character narrative that we saw later on in media, like Alan McBeal in, in Sex and the City. However, I will say that I am not dumb. I know that this film was written by a man, but this is the 90s, so we're still working for our independence. But it's a female-centered like film, but written by a man, old man. True. So. So were Ally McBeal and Sex in the City, right? They were both. Well, book and then Michael, you know, whatever. I can see True. there is a little more leeway there. But I was also like my, my soul called life the same way, you know. So true. Hollywood thinks only men know how to write women. But this like intense, intimate point of view from a female character, like you're inside her head. Like that's like that was like the my so-called life and the Alan McBealness to it, where like it's but it's in 1996, so it's like but it's a and it's a much more obviously like European version of that movie version of that. But I mean, it's, it was like when I watched it, I felt like it was a revolutionary as like um, a young girl. Like I was at the perfect age for this. Did you see it when it this. came out? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was young. I was younger than her, so like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing it and it's being like, this is awesome. You know, she was so hot, so beautiful, like so effortlessly chic, like her hair blowing the wind. Every 90s fashion's on display for this, like her short dresses that are just like, oh, what? I love it. Now, Chris, to hear you talk about it, I mean, it's, it sounds like this is perhaps the most popular film that came out in the 90s. It should have been. But, I mean, that can't be true because we're talking about it here on the show. So... Why do you why is Stealing Beauty a good fit for Shut Up I Love It? I think that a lot of people would find it um indulgent maybe mm. or uh f- flimsy and or lacking character development and perhaps they could say something that it was an older man writing this film mm. and directing what is a very young looking Liv Tyler just parading her titties all over the screen, you know. <laughs> She's not always naked in this film. No, I have she's to say. not. Mm-hmm. No, she's not. No, mm-hmm. Just, the one, time, just oh. the one time she flashes her dad. That's all. <laughs> let's let's talk about that scene. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the part of her finding her true father. Yeah, so there's a bit of a detective story yes. going on in the film. She's got this poem that her mother wrote. Daddy, she wrote. You know, she's like, she's on the slew for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, for a second, I thought you were saying that was the title of the poem that her mom wrote. <laughs> Daddy, she wrote. I was like, wow, she really didn't figure out that she did not that her biological father was no one else. That was the title of the poem, and uh, it has some details like uh, he ate grape leaves and he killed a, a viper. snake. Yeah, and so Lucy is going around the villa, speaking to various people, asking them in a really subtle way, "Have you ever chewed on grape leaves?" Have you ever killed a viper? With your bare hands. <laughs> <Just like. laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. You know, a viper slithers on up. You got to take care of business. However, one person does answer yes. And the way he answers like, of course I have. I live in the country. Everyone has. <laughs> we all have killed vipers. My baby's killing a viper right now. You know, like. That's part. all she had to go by. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. can blame her? No, I don't. But for anything. Turns out her mom left some pretty good clues because Liv does get to the bottom of it, which is that Ian, the man who's been painting her boob for two nights, <laughs> yeah. has been kind of 
closely following her yes. sexual awakening and her as loss every, of virginity. <laughs> they all every do. man in the film does. Every man yes, spends the whole her. film leering at her. <laughs> Sexually obsessed. Mm-hmm. Alex Parrish, you're like Jeremy Irons. There's, there's so many parts. Do you think Jeremy Irons is like just going to take his dick out? Can I say that? There's like this yeah, man yeah, is yeah. dying. You know, like we can't get that apart. He is on death's door, like coughing, and wheezing. Is, for, Liv Tyler seems like that is the one man she'd be okay with it. <laughs> well, another like <laughs> you know, like we talked about how this film has different synopses online, and one of the synopses I found was it's about her falling in love with the ill man but not being able to have him. That, no, what? That's what I assumed this movie was going to be about. I thought it was going <laughs> to no. be like a Lolita kind of. Uh, Older thing. Lolita. Yeah, every man is kind of Aroused. hoping to be, even if they're not actively pursuing Liv Tyler's virginity, they're passively pursuing yes. it. Yes. And women are like happily watching this unfold. Oh, it's very amusing for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but none probably more so than the boyfriend of Rachel Vice's character, <gash> Richard. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. This, this movie is just chock filled of the most amazing scenes but why are you scene? thinking about the mirror yes. scene chris tell us okay, about the mirror so scene. rachel vice is in a relationship with a like a hotshot american entertainment lawyer mm-hmm. who like always wanted to be an artist but like couldn't you know deal with that life so now he just like represents them and they have a tumultuous relationship and very early on he, like he's running by jogging while Liv tyler's like swimming with a bathing suit in the water and he's like jumps in dick all you know like and she's a young woman so that's true you do see his penis in yeah film, you do right? yeah yeah well, it's equal opportunity thank Absolutely. you Berlucci, you know yeah. so at one point knocky knock she lives in for some reason her room that she's staying in is this big wide open space with like no door to the bathroom and there's like no windows right like it, there's no windows like it's just a stone room with like big cutouts as the windows i mean there's no glass that's what i want to say bugs all day long going in and out people can just hear all our stuff but anyway where are the screens yeah there's no screens so then it's he Tuscany. comes in there are no bugs everything is perfect perfect, perfect. it's just olive oil and grass <laughs> and grape leaves mm. and vipers and, yeah well it's the country <laughs> so um so he like knocking knocks the door and then he's like hey like can I uh, bum one of your cigarettes? And she's like, I thought you didn't smoke. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, he kind of acts like that. He's kind of like, That's yeah, pre- you guys don't know, but Chris is doing a pretty good impression. <laughs> well, I'm an actress. I think you guys set that up. Uh, he's bumbling. He comes in and then he's just disgusting. He's like, well, I know this uh, exercise that really loosens up artists, you know? And she's like, what is it? And he's like, get down on the ground on all fours. And she's like, you first, my friend. And he does. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and then she does. And they crawl to a mirror that's just on the floor standing and then, on the floor mm-hmm. yeah and then they both like looking like a, a cat or a dog you know pick your four are licking the mirror and then of course he gets too close for comfort and at the exact moment Rachel Weiss comes in and they yell at each other but you also know that like after they got done yelling they just like boned so hard you yeah. know that's the relay life but yeah it doesn't lead to anywhere like it's a scene that yeah. things happen but it doesn't lead to the story development no. it's just a vignette it's just I, a peek into your lives. I see this is what it is to me. I think that this was an interesting look at burgeoning female sexuality because I like the fact that this character 
has sexual control and power over the people around her, but she has no idea. And in this situation, she does, she does know those guys are gross because they had this earlier situation where they were like playing, like catch the flag. And he like touched her titty or something. And she was like, get off me. She knows that he's like, and she's like into it. But like, I think it's just a matter of her, like feeling the energies that different men are giving her and realizing which one she wants to ultimately give her pee to. And what she wants for a long while, for half of the film really is Niccolo, as we mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Niccolo's out of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, so at that also moment, she finds out that um, Alex told everybody about her trying to lose her virginity. It's the yeah. fact that she is still a virgin. Yeah. He basically like blabbed. Insane a... that a 19-year-old <laughs> would be a virgin. Yeah. And she gets disappointed because she overhears while the owners of this villa laying around on the grass naked and they talk about her and she gets really upset with that and so she walks away and she's like i'm going back to america midpoint right Mm -hmm. at that point off camera somebody turns on like the leaf blower or whatever and nicolo walks through the door Mm -hmm. with his hair moving in the air in the beautiful way now she stays would you have stayed too if that person walked through the door I, I guess so. And I guess so. At 14, when I saw Niccolo, I have never seen this actor in anything else in my whole life. I was like, <laughs> who is he's so, uh, I was like, he's so Italian, by the way, he was born in New Jersey. And I think that he's so, <laughs> really? he hasn't looked it up, he's wise, why he's born in New Jersey, I have no idea. But he is Italian? Italian? He sounds, sure sounds that way. Sure, <laughs> sure does a real good accent, you know? <laughs> But like, even for a long time after this film, I remember being like, I'm going to name my son Niccolo. You can't tell me a hotter name than Niccolo. Where do you stand now on naming your son? Caleb. Niccolo? Okay. Okay. Well, East of Eden, uh, you know. Little... I met a Caleb. Was he hot? He was actually really hot. Yeah. Was he it was Caleb also... Landry Jones? Don't think so. But he was also an alcoholic. Like he would <sighs> drink every night like crazy and hit on women i was working as a bartender at the time in new york and i was like this is the hottest guy and like he has issues so just know if you name your son caleb that's yes, what you're happen. putting out in the but world but he's hot you said so oh we'll my see. god like yeah. one of the hottest people i've ever met like, i'm not kidding caleb. i'm not kidding you yeah, like, yeah. Now, gorgeous do you so you want you would want your son to be hot yeah is that okay. something to wish for yeah i think i think everyone wants all their kids to be hot this is interesting. You don't want your kids to be hot? I've just never thought ab- about it before. Now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it for the, the first, first time, time <laughs> you too. I guess yeah. just because their life would be easier. Of course. Right. right they'll get jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. The Any job. No matter go. what <laughs> field they go into. And if they're hot, you look down at that face. You're like, well, I made that face. That's a hot ass face. I guess I'm hot. You know, like mm-hmm. there's just, you know, you see yourself and your kids. And oh, my okay. Little... So you want him to be hot for your own <laughs> feelings of self-esteem yeah <laughs> great Fair oh yeah mm-hmm. unabashedly yeah sure that's not the only thing i'll do i'm gonna make them go into like different skills i'm gonna make them like good at things just so i can be good at it you know i can be like well i was never really good at you mm. know piano this, playing this one can this podcast is also a parental guide mm-hmm. yeah to you our dear listeners that's right have a hot kid clone your basically clone yourselves to make yourself happy in the various things you want to accomplish in your life just being yeah. hot is one of them be harder on your child than you were on yourself oh, so yeah. that they'll achieve more. We've kind of moved past Richard, but I do want to <laughs> address the best line in the film, <laughs> which is during the sex scene with Rachel Weiss that uh, Liv Tyler is eavesdropping on. Yeah. Richard says the immortal line that I think is now 
plastered in the Smithsonian and it is, I love to fuck my little pumpkin. You know, I carry that line with me everywhere seasonal. I go. I'm thinking it in my mind. <laughs> it is seasonal. <laughs> it's a beautiful line to also transition us into three poems that Liv Tyler composed while in Italy. Why don't we read them? Now, these are not... Yeah, these are her poems. Liv Tyler, the actress, did not compose these poems. <laughs> well, saying, I'm, I'm hoping she did. You're saying the character Lucy composes I, these I think anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> are, are these ones that she then tears off in her book and then just, like, burns them on mm-hmm. a candle? These and like, are, Yeah. This is pre-digital, right? So, like, they had to hand-by-hand write those words of the poem on the film. I'm just guessing. Right? Because on the film, I don't think it's on the. F- <laughs> that's, that's insane. This feels that's not 1947. <laughs> it's 1996. Hundreds of frames. Terminator Two had come out, <laughs> so I mean, they were. I'm just saying. I think Terminator Two had come out, so it isn't like. Some poor PA is sitting there scribbling cursive writing onto it's each frame. Delusion. It's true. <laughs> He's doing that himself. Absolutely, sure. he would. As long as I say something with confidence, it usually goes. I <laughs> this first, one, I couldn't slide it in. You almost got away with it. I, I was like, well, Sasha, <laughs> Sasha so knows right. more about she this than so, I do. She so does much. do research. She's so smart, you guys. Yeah. So the poems. Let's, let's read those poems, oh, Stephen. Okay. Great. I'll start. Go for it. I have her secret deep within. For years, I've had to hide. I've bought the clues, and now I hope to bring the truth outside. Okay, here's the I want to cry. It's so beautiful. Especially when it's about, which is about her father. Her mother, right? I think the book is full. Is her, The book is her mother's writing. The book is her mom's. Yeah. But she, she, also tries she is to, writing these. To pencil some in, right? And then it's she's confusing. like, oh, these aren't as good as my mom's. Let me confusion burn them. That. Yeah. Here's the she second one. Up. I wait. I wait so patiently. I'm quiet as a cup. I hope you'll come and rattle me. Quick. Come. Wake me up. That moves me. Sexual. (laughs) Something. It's just she's longing for. Chris, why don't you read the last? The die is cast. The dice are rolled. I feel like shit. You look like gold. No, is that that last one about Niccolo? Yeah, I mean, my God. There is so much feeling. There is so much um, passion, I think, in these words. And they're brief words, but they're, they're, they're filled. And they're, like nothing is more romantic than watching the candlelight illuminate Liv Tyler's young AF face, just <laughs> those gorgeous eyes staring back, porcelain skin, dark hair, as she's like in some... You know, wall. She's wall. She's in some like window area of an Italian castle. I'm telling you, in like in her long legs, just like dangling off. I mean, this movie is beautiful. This is just. So it sounds like a shout out to the cinematographer of this film. Yeah, I think oh. it's I think it's Bertolucci's DP. Who's a favorite Dar- DP? Darius Kanji. Oh, Darius Kanji. If you're listening. Oh my God! Can I work job. with you? Can I? I mean, I don't know. I would just love to. I want, I want you to fall in love with me and then just like take a bunch of beautiful pictures of me. Thank you so much. This film was written by a woman. Correct. Screenplay by a woman. Yeah, American story woman. by Bert, Bert Bettelucci. Screenplay written by a woman, mm. directed by Bettelucci. He might At have had a heavy hand. Like, uh, he knew he had to have. 
I can do this whole thing myself. <laughs> For a while, I felt like a foreign person with bad English wrote this film because it was too almost proper. Like the way people talk, a lot of times feels very staged, like hmm. very unnatural. But do you feel like they're also going between like three different languages in this film? Like, well, I can't. But they are going between English and Italian often. And the Tuscanian. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but there's one point where he's, where Jeremy Irons does speak French. So there is a very extended list of the famous quotes from the film on IMDb page <gasps> for this film. And I printed them all out. Oh my God. I don't know if we're going to go through all of them, but they do <laughs> exist on hand. Okay. I was just gonna. Uh, some, I'm like filming at the mouth. <laughs> Niccolo. Mm-hmm. Love. That's not a word that I use. Mm-hmm. Lucy. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Now, this is right before she throws up in his lap at the party. She's drunk. Oh, I love that scene so much. She's mm-hmm. like queen, by the way. She is effortlessly cool in this film. She gives away hardly anything expression-wise. She's not, this is not her overacting. This is her barely existing on she film. She's very <laughs> yeah. relaxed and natural in yes. front of the cameras. That's for sure. Considering that it's her breakout film. Her debutante film. In an interview, she stated that she didn't know Aerosmith <laughs> frontrunner Steven Tyler was her real father throughout yes. her childhood and had been mm-hmm. raised by Todd Rundgren whom she had thought was her father. And when she was eight years old, she found out who her real biological father is. So that's how she connected to this film. And apparently she had a lot of emotions moving inside her while working on this film. Wow. Yeah, like, of course, Sasha. Yes, I forget that. Like, she had a direct line. Of course, that's why she's Lucy. She always was Lucy. And her mom is a model. And her sister's a model. You know, her sister's like a very famous plus-size model. Mm. Now, I'm going to just uh, take a throw a curveball here. Here we and go. say that I absolutely cannot stand Alex. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alex Pex Parrish. I am not a fan of his character. I just am for the not. Audience. Jeremy Irons. Right. This is the Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons character. I am not a fan of his performance. Mm. Oh. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. But he felt very, like, stilted and the whole thing was like fake to me i couldn't hmm. stand him compared to nobody else really made me feel that way i think it's bad writing for this character that Her, threw me off the reason why i was i forgave it back then and i was watching it now and it was hard to forgive it now in my mind it feels this way right these people are bored as beautiful as tuscany is and it's gorgeous there's no internet that's why when this young hot thing comes it's a virgin they're like ooh, like she's hot let's put let's let's hook her up with this person or this person's just like they're all like giving her attention in different ways and jeremy just feels or alex feels like yeah he's about to die he's sort of definitely given up about that surrendered the idea and so when she comes it gives him like a renewed life like almost like a little giddy school kid this like that maybe like it's disgusting but this young female sexual energy that like gets introduced in his life like revives him in such a way in such a way that like gives him a little like gossipy thing to do so he almost becomes this like gossipy aunt that runs around and like talks <laughs> about her sex life to everyone and then it like becomes like almost like obsessed with her because she's like this new thing and besides her he literally just has his death looming over him so i think that's why we know that when he is put inside the ambulance at the end wearing terrible makeup on his face very <laughs> just cake makeup and he says goodbye to Liv tyler's character 
he's about to die. Wait, can I ask a question? Why have you guys said nothing about that uh, party scene? This scene is like their big is this, party. This is the scene where she meets the, the guy, guy that like she spends the night with, but they don't yeah. have sex with. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That guy, Jason Very, Fleming, is the actor. Good for him. He's in most Guy Ritchie and Matthew Vaughn movies. And that's all I have to say about him. <laughs> and then I always loved her sex scene. It happens at the end. And it, in, can I, this might be too graphic. So I'll just say this part. And I want you to get as nothing, graphic as possible. Nothing is too graphic for this podcast. But again, watching this film when I was the age I was, was like revolutionary for me. But the sex scene that happens when she actually does get boned in this movie was very real to me and i'll tell you why like he bones her at this tree and he this is the skinny guy and he like gets in there and he thrusts into her in such a way that i had not seen thrusting it's on very camera thrusty. it's very thrusty. It's, he had not seen thrusting on camera in such a way that i understood a little more of what sex looked like I would, because I would, of that scene now, the, the next scene in the history of cinema that was as thrusty was in the room, the room. <laughs> this uh, this is Tommy Wiseau. This is like <laughs> yes, the best. That is, I just said this was the best movie of all time, but no, obviously the room is great. Okay, this is the character Osvaldo, who is Niccolo's brother, mm-hmm. who seems meek and un- unassuming, but we, the viewer, know that he is truly the guy for her because when she throws up, Nicola holds her hair over her face. And so we know that Niccolo is not the man for Does her, know. but Osvaldo is. Yeah. We also know that every time he looks at her, we go to a close-up. So we know something's <laughs> happening, something's brewing, we something's know, going on. This, something, is not something. Just, this is not just a background character. And also we know that Christopher can't be the man for her because he's her brother. Or the guy who ends up being her father. We eventually <laughs> yeah. learn so they probably won't Also, up. Alex dying Die. of some unknown disease. Won't be him. Richard, Probably not that gallery owner. <laughs> no, not him. Richard loves to fuck his little pumpkin, so it's not going to be him. Really, the options are narrowed down to Guillermo. Yeah, Guillermo. Guillermo? Oh, Bracelet m- man. Oh, Monsieur Guillaume. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Get it right. It's rude. Yeah, it's either Monsieur Guillaume who was taking a digital camcorder footage of her at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Which honestly, Chekhov's Chekhov's gun. It should have been him. Uh, <laughs> But it wasn't. By the way, you guys look identical. This is what they're wearing right now. Red and red top, short sleeve, red top, short, shorts. Okay. And they're both wearing on their feet, gray and orange. It's bananas. That's true. You do work with this ensemble as well in your autumn outfit. I do, but like, I'm not like identical. I'm not what looks like I didn't get obviously the memo that you guys sent between yourselves. Yeah. Sasha and I try to coordinate whenever possible. Whenever it gets very exciting. <laughs> Whenever we're going to see a sex scene with a lot of thrusting. Oh, uh, what did, I want to know what the dude, like when you watch that sex scene, what did you think? I didn't. Um, did you see the vag glimpse? You said no. No, you already asked me, <laughs> I, Sasha. I, maybe you, it'll come back. You know what they do in therapy? They keep, yeah, yeah, yeah. they keep asking you. Yeah, yeah, They keep asking you. You blacked and, it out the first time, but yes, fine, I did. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it, okay? I didn't mark the sex scene especially i don't know why you know i've i've seen my fair share of thrusting <laughs> in movies and on the internet so. oh spoiler uh, yeah, no it didn't um it didn't it, the sex scene like i said the richard and rachel vice sex scene was was more of a standout for me oh yeah okay in this film 
Um, <laughs> Are you more of a Liv Tyler man, just based on this film, or, or Rachel, Rachel Vice? Rachel Vice. Oh, she's Jewish. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I have to say that we have to remember that Osvaldo, though he had very short sort of presence and lives slash Lucy's life, he does promise to go to America with her at the mm-hmm. very end. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm it... like, nobody wants you there. <laughs> She didn't even watch it when she was 15, honey. <laughs> it turns out that he wrote a letter yeah. that, that Liv Tyler thought was from Niccolo for all these years that she's been holding it close to her heart. Cute or creepy? Creepy, for sure. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> of course. Creepy. Why didn't he write her a letter as himself? I mean, because I guess she maybe she wouldn't have read it. it. Yeah. She wouldn't have read it, but... Also, he was a brother, too. So, like, we had to suddenly write his brother's girlfriend, Summer Fling. But also, like, she didn't see a difference between that letter and every other letter that she got from Nicholas. So he had to, like, fake, right? Fake yeah. his uh, signature or, like, brother's his handwriting. Writing. This is not an email. It's not like, this is not an AOL account. <laughs> this is, like, and he had written something about how the animal inside him, like, she fans the flame. It was, like, very poetic, you know, and she loves that poetry. Whereas, Here's- like, Nicholas' letters must have been like, hey, what's up? Good seeing you. When you're gonna come back to Tuscany, nice yeah. <laughs> Here's what I think happened. This movie deserves another twist. The twist is that Oswaldo, you know, had a long game. He was playing a long game. He wrote that letter. He arrived with Niccolo. You know, made his brother Niccolo hook up with some blonde girl. Mm-hmm. Then he boned <laughs> Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm inseminated her oh boy and now he's asking her to come to america so he could become american citizen so you think she definitely got pregnant during that oh there was no condoms not one yeah i saw her vagina steven i don't know where you you see how hard he thrusted to that that (laughs) sperm got up in there you know (laughs) he shot it up and then she laid on her back for a while for 15 minutes her legs up you know she was just jiggling there you know like yeah there is a version where we get to see them in America, like the epilogue. Look, Smart. I, I have a biology degree. I know how this all works. You don't have to go through the whole process with me. Uh, the legs are up in the air jiggling. Did you get that? So she yeah. did. Like I'm her. trying to think what was turning me on at 14. You know what I mean? Because like we're mm. all turned on right yeah. and left, right? Like yeah. sexually. I think there was... Uh, there was okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like a fetish about it, like ish. Now okay, here okay. we go. Here we go. Sasha always explicit tag. <laughs> I'm so excited. It, I haven't looked it up since I was, you know, 12 or 13. Mm. Whenever like I got into it, but on TV they played this. I want to say British TV series. I want to say mini series called The Last Days of the Pompeii. Mm. And there was one guy, right, walking around there. He had like a blind girl, like that was like he was hooking up with. But the dude was ripped. And I was like never into ripped. That's the only time I was ever into a ripped man. He was walking around all oiled up in the <laughs> last days of Pompeii, about to fucking die with ash on his throat. Yeah, He's yeah. eating Fuck. grape leaves. He's killing <laughs> vipers. vipers. Boning a little blind girl. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I think he's the hottest thing i remember like i gotta look him up now i mean how you know his name you just know that he's an actor from that i mean whatever. i have not looked him up ever like this <gasps> may all be like in my head you're gonna look him up it's gonna be stanley tucci uh, <laughs> the um, last days of pompeii mm-hmm. is it it is weird when i remember like not i don't think i have ever been like a really attracted to buff guys but the, mm-hmm. the times in which i am suddenly attracted to a very muscular man i almost like what like how stereotypical of me like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> 
1984. So this was like wow. 15 years old or whatever, however old. <laughs> is it this dude? Must yeah, like this the blind girl I think that next to him. That girl looks blind. That girl definitely looks blind. Yeah, she's staring off into such a way. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I don't remember anything, but yeah, sure. Let's see him. She's quite pretty too. Yeah, that's, that's what I was look. getting <laughs> off of. What if I? What if instead of like the last days of Pompeii and it was like the end of the city was like the last days of Pompeii and it was just <laughs> Pompeii was the name of this girl. <laughs> <laughs> he just kills her at the end. Spoiler alert! He just, kills her. I don't know. It's a big misdirect for this version. <laughs> yeah, it's a big misdirect. <laughs> You're waiting for the ash. They're like, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> it's, we're it's just a, gonna kill the just little blonde character. girl. Yeah, we're gonna. It's a character study of this one lady's <laughs> life. So it sounds like we went through most of the film. We know what's going on. We know we we all know what we're dealing with here: a mystery, romance. <laughs> Sasha, had you ever seen or heard of Stealing Beauty before we watched no, the podcast? No, 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 no. I think Conformist is as far as I went because he was always like one of the one of the Italian man to see. Yeah. There's the Fellini. There's the Visconti. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Bertolucci. So there's just like a few Italian guys of the 20th century that. I like being a film nerd. Mario. Mario. Luigi. Yes. (laughs) I have to say I love Visconti a lot more. Rocco and his brothers, for example. Jan Alan Delon. Very cute. Actually, so twice because we had to reschedule this podcast. So I know twice more than I would have if I saw it (laughs) once, which is fine. I did fast forward a lot the second time. Both times. (laughs) Sasha, did you hate this movie? We'll get to it. We'll get, you know, we'll oh get to reactions. She wanted to answer our door. She looked, well, she I love me. you, so that's all that matters. So <laughs> okay. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> um, Stephen, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'd never heard. I'd never even heard of Stealing Beauty. Have you heard of Liv Tyler? <laughs> yeah. Have you I've heard? I've seen of the the Italy? Uh, the Elfian movies that she did and uh, Armageddon. Have you heard of Bernardo? Uh, I haven't seen many Bernardo Bertolucci movies. He's one of my blind spots. I have seen The Dreamers, uh, mainly because, you know, when I was an adolescent teen, I just wanted to see women's breasts. And you see Ava Green's breasts a lot in that movie. So I've seen The Dreamers. But yeah, that was Vittorio De Sica. Ah, De Sica. Ah. Why can we still do like ethnic accents, right? Like that's still okay. Why is that? Why is an Italian accent okay? Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's because society has accepted Italians as white at this point. Like in the 1800s, the mm-hmm. Irish, Italians, they were all, you know, undesirable ethnics and by the measure of English people, I guess. You know, how do you get more white than Irish people, too? It's just a little confusing. It's very <laughs> pinker than that. So I think it's time for us to uh, rate this piece yeah. of cinema. Let's do it. Stephen, why don't you start off? Okay. This is a, you know, like a coming of age uh, sexual awakening kind of film. Mystery. Right. <laughs> right. A coming mystery. of age sexual awakening mystery. One of those regular <laughs> genres you run into. And so, because it's a mystery, a 10 for me would be The Maltese Falcon. And uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't, right before this very moment, I didn't think about like what could be a 10 on this scale. Have, do you have any ideas, Sasha? I don't, but I know that I love in general the romance like i love blue is the warmest color mm. i like in general films about young girls finding their sexuality like it's as much as i don't like high school movies mm. i love the european version of that right like it's a lot more open slash sexual 
and I kind of never see point in those movies. I'm like, why? Like, isn't this just exploiting the young person's point of view on sexuality and maybe somebody's getting off on that? I don't know. I just still like it, though. Like, I think it's just like a weird short period of time and a woman's age. And what is the glimpse that how does it feel to become from a girl to a woman? I wish I could think of what would be a 10 for me. Well, I've pulled up. I went to www.google.com and I typed yeah. in coming of age movies. We're getting things like Call Me By Your Name, Boyhood, Blue yeah. is the Warmest Color, and Education, 16 Candles, The Virgin Suicides. That's a good one. If I was going to put The Virgin Suicides at a 10 on this scale, which is a movie that I really like, despite the fact that James Woods is in it a lot. I think I would give Stealing Beauty a three? Oh, <gasps> A four? A four. Call it a four. Why did you change from three to four? I, um, I'm just curious. Chris's reaction, I felt bad. <laughs> My mind, I was like, he's going to say seven. <laughs> you really thought that? Um, I was like, here it comes, seven. And you said three, and I like... Spit up my sin, Pellegrino. It's um okay. I I'm gonna let go. You both are like this, but fine. I don't know how many stock in this film. I didn't make this film. Fine. I am um, hearing you talk about it, Chris, from the perspective of you know a young woman experiencing her own you know awakenings of sorts uh, is very striking. Makes me see how uh, someone could come to appreciate this movie in a really deep way. It just it it wasn't doing it for me in that in that sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know the, there are coming of age movies that I do connect with. This 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 just wasn't one of them. I was I was just and I hate to I feel like this is a lazy criticism. I try not to use it whenever possible, but I was just kind of bored the whole time <laughs> that I was watching the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm not gonna take this personally. Don't worry. No. Yeah, and it's not a you know. Uh, You've given threes before. I've, I'm sure I have. Buy a dome, I think. and I will again. Mm-hmm. But it's um, been that's yeah. But you don't do it often. You know that doesn't detract anything from how much it means to you. You know. <laughs> I'm. I'm uh, it just um, uh, meant um, almost nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Three with a quick change to four. Mm-hmm. That's where Steven it's stands. A, it's a four it's with a an asterisk. Sasha. How about you? Were you able to find a reference point for this? I think Blue is the Warmest Color is a good example of European film, very con film, that I think is a 9 or maybe 10. I think 9 because 10 would be like, I get why this movie was made. Again, I don't know why Blue is the Warmest Color, except, you know, it's a lesbian movie. But other than that, I don't understand what's the thought behind it except for seeing young people in love going at it and they go at it in that movie oh, they go at it they yeah. go at it and that. i welcome it there's a okay. lot of at you haven't seen it there's chris? a lot uh-huh. of it being gone at chris have you, before i continue have you seen a lot of films like that european films about young people boning maybe not i've seen some how, so, did, how did you come across this one i think that it was playing at an art house in orange county hmm. 
uh, that was by my house. I think that I liked Steve, I liked Liv Tyler. Mm. I knew she was, and I was into it. And I think that I just it hit like at a '90s time where like the it was like the front cover was her like holding her knees like in a very '90s way. It just I was just like I agree. I don't it's know. It's very '90s. And yeah, the-, the front cover does look like a sitcom advertisement, but it does For look my like called my life, though. Life. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So. With that, because I mean, like I saw Room in Rome is another one of those like uh, that I enjoyed. There's just so many um, better ones. Is what I feel like this conversation. Well, like even like Blue Valentine came up, and I'm like, it's not oh. wrong. Oh, I'm thinking of Blue Velvet. No, 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 Blue Valentine. <laughs> like, which I actually Blue Val- Valentine would be a straight up ten for me. Hmm. So I think. Who am I to judge what's happening to you? But I think you love what I love in those films. But maybe you haven't yet seen those films. And so I think you maybe, maybe, because knowing you, like you're responding to the same things that I'm like excited about, you know? And <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just think all those things are not good in this film. Like he doesn't really do it. Like it's, I agree with Steven that it's a little boring. It's a lot of, uh, non sequitur, just yeah. sitting kind of it's like a still water, right? I don't see any movement. I'm not like I don't need the crazy Hollywood drama with mm-hmm. three acts, but I'm looking for a change in the character that's not, I don't know, so like forced by this like like I like her hooking up with Osvaldo doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Like like it's not something that I was looking forward to. I something maybe I thought would happen. Like if she even hooked up with Alex, I probably would feel like it's more meaningful because then, yeah, yeah. you just get more time with. You don't really get any time with. Yeah, well, that's though. true. That's it's true. a it's a classic telling and in, telling instead of showing. Ugh. And I just also don't like the thing of because I remember being you know young girl and I'm sure you do too. A thing of like men sometimes think. That they can talk to you, older man. They can talk to you about sex, because like they like feel like they can't. They feel like it's not fucking uncool. Like this, I, 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 I'm, I'm getting mad just thinking about how I would always feel so violated by like older men like trying to talk to me about sex. And I'm like, okay, you're either getting off on that, or you're doing it because you think like that makes you cool. Like we are on the same level. And the truth is, I know you're doing it because you are being creepy. Yeah. So to me, like that's what like Alex does right away to her. So I stand against that. But beyond that, it's just the characters, like nobody really, I enjoy Liv Tyler. I love her as an elf. Just... <laughs> <laughs> her elf work is yeah. second to none. Well, except for her music video work, where she also shines. Okay. And I think she does a great job in this film. And good thing, like she broke through and became a big actress based on this film, right? But I, if, Blue Valentine or Blue is the Warmest Color, I guess. So, blue. All the blue movies. All the blue movies are blue 9 or 10. This film is a 2. <laughs> and I was coming in with a 1 because I was. <laughs> but I, like, seeing your face, it so got me up to Chris's 2. Expression. But I, like, I don't, I don't, like, judge you for loving, loving it. it because I know why you do, I think. I just think that this is not the best work in the genre. It's a mm. rare genre to just stumble upon. Like you have to go, f- like you have to look for it. You know, it's not going to come to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Like, and I think it may be a nostalgic thing, but I would love to hear why you love this film. And what is your rating? I would love to hear from you now. 
Well, I don't know if this is going to be a shock to anyone. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Um, I love this film a lot. I know it's not perfect. It's perfect for me. You Mm, know, like, and I think that pieces of art should be that way, especially like nostalgic ones. You know, Mm. I think that much like Ian's sculptures, you know, some people might see them and think those look weird. Oh, mother and child, right? Like the one that she responds to. The mother where she realizes that Ian's her dad. Mm -hmm. By looking at a picture of a mother and child that he... And slowly covers her boob. <laughs> yeah. Just like, my dad saw this and painted it. Okay. So obviously, again, it paralleled the, like a time in which I was living... Not even parallel. It was like a little bit... I was young, too young for So it even became more of this like idealistic thing of mm. what is this? Is this what it's like when you're 19? Will I lose my virginity in, under a tree in Italy with some, with some guy that like thrusts really well? I mean, I don't know. No, I wouldn't. You know, like I spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it did not go down like no, that. No, no, it was some dude's house. I met at the Belmont when I was twenty-two. Okay, so um, oh, anyway, God bless. How did he thrust? Yeah. All right. Hey, hey. All right. I would yeah, say that's thrust. the one element. One out that, of four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He that thrust. matters. Yeah. That element matters. It was actually really great. So, all right. Shout out to the Belmont guy. Who knows what his eye. <laughs> can't remember his name um but i yeah i don't remember anybody's name either no no once, it's like a black hole it's like one yeah. black hole um but basically i will say this there are a lot of problems with the fact that a man told this darlings has so many like men leering at her but at the same time i felt a true connection to this character and the way that Liv portrayed her was so careless and like free but also like cared about i mean she was she really did a great job of portraying like the perfect 90s girl like she was just so kind of alternative and at one point she's singing whole and screaming around her i mean it was it was like a time in heaven you know i just bought it hook line and sinker awesome great 10 out of 10 we couldn't wish for a better review have I ever told you my blue is the warmest color story? No. I saw I saw it at the Arclight uh, when it came out. And uh, when I bought the ticket, there were like two other people in the theater. I, so I purposely, I knew that it was like a very graphic film. And uh, I was already uh, a little awkward about seeing it in a theater. And so I picked a seat away from those people. And, and as the trailers are running oh before God. the movie uh, uh, a man comes in and, and sits in my row at the end of the row and um <laughs> sasha made the <laughs> yeah. jerk off motion yeah right that's uh, what it's no, going I, I was, yeah. and as the lights go down the no. trailers are done he gets up Ooh. well oh and so when he he sits down he like tries to engage me in conversation and he's like, so you know about this movie huh? oh. <laughs> and it's like yeah because I was there. Yeah, I bought a um, ticket for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And as the lights are going down, he gets up and moves across, walks in front of me, and sits in the seat next to me. No. And that's... he's like, well, no. if, if no one's going to sit here. <laughs> and I... Uh, Ran. Yeah. I refused. <laughs> I was like, this is the seat I chose. <gasps> I'm going to sit here. So instead, I like kind of curled up in my sweatshirt, very uncomfortable, and like, lean to the other side of my oh seat my and i spent God. this is a long movie chris this movie is over almost three hours long and i sat there very uncomfortable stubbornly uncomfortable oh. the entire time when i could have just moved 
Well, like throughout the Did movie, he do yes. anything? He, no, he never tried anything. I don't know. Did I he mean, laugh I, and look at you like? <laughs> well, it's not a comedy. <laughs> I've never seen <laughs> it. Did he cry and try to grab your hand? He didn't. No, you know, God. he never. Uh, I think he he saw my boundary, unlike you know Richard in in the film Stealing Beauty, <laughs> and he uh, respected that. But it was a a wild experience. Wow! Did you enjoy the film despite? The man. Leaning. It's a good movie. I, uh, you know, knowing what we know about that, in retrospect, about that director, that he is aggressive and like the movie that he made after that, he really forced the actors to get into situations that they didn't feel that they didn't feel comfortable with, and and it kind of seems like he did that with them. Lots of sticks Blue of the butter color I, I as bet well. You. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Tabs of margarine. Is there anything from last week that, or from this podcast, that you would like to? Something I'd like people to shut up and mm -hmm. love. Yeah, so as we mentioned multiple times, Stealing Beauty is really, at its heart, a mystery film. <laughs> and uh, so I would recommend that our listeners check out the board game Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. <laughs> uh, I like board games. I've gotten pretty into board games recently. I like Board games are measured by the board game community refers to it as weight which is like how complicated the rules are. So something like Candyland is like a one out of five, um, whereas your really complicated games are in the like 3.54. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective is like a, a mild two. So it's not that complicated, not that hard to learn. But you are an assistant to Sherlock Holmes, and you are going through London, you're given a case, and you're going to different places, interviewing different people. It's not Clue-esque. No, there's no board. There's no physical oh, board. Okay. Uh, you have a booklet and you have like a directory. It's set up kind of like a phone book, and you you have a map of London with different house locations and code numbers to see what page to flip to. But it's just you know going through, following leads, trying to solve the mystery, and uh, it's a really fun thing to play. You can play it by yourself or with other people. But uh, yeah, if you really dug the detective aspect of stealing beauty check out sherlock holmes consulting detective and i would like to recommend i have a new puppy right so <sighs> my puppy is nine weeks old oh, and it's he's, he's so adorable cute. shark is amazing and i am a big dog person dog training person and i recently have been rereading all the hardcore dog books on training and raising a puppy and there's one book that I would recommend everybody who are not even raising dogs currently, but they just want to know about people and their behavior because it teaches you about canine behavior, but it also makes a great parallel with how people should be treated in the way that there's different ways to get what you want from a person. There's eight different ways where you want to get something from a dog and there's this eight ways can be applied to a human being in a subtle way as well. Ooh. And it's written by the famous Karen Pryor in the dog community who invented clicker training with dolphins. And she wrote this famous book, Don't Shoot the Dog. So I highly recommend it. It's available on Amazon. And uh, it's probably, it's like 15th or something. Edition. Edition, yeah, yeah. It's very popular among us dog people but i think anybody would be super interested if they tried to read it chris is there anything you would like to plug before we say goodbyes oh yeah sure i have a youtube channel where i talk about pop culture subjects and i also recap television shows it was funny that you were talking about how the twist for Os what's the guy's name that she ends up Osvaldo. Osvaldo would be like him getting her pregnant and taking her to 
America and then he'd be like her fiance. I there's a show called and I don't know if any of your listeners listen to it, 90 Day Fiance, it's on TLC. And the premise of the show is Americans meet foreign people through various ways and maybe they went to the country they met in real life or mostly internet dating websites and then the show follows them like coming to America and having 90 days before they can get married or whatever. So the show's like this ridiculous jaggernaut and it's been on for a bunch of seasons and I recap specifically I love that show so I have a YouTuber I recap that show and it has a weird tie to Ceiling Beauty which I've just talked about but yeah my YouTube has pop culture television recaps you can also follow me on Instagram I'm at Chris L. Farah um, is that also the name of the YouTube channel is that how Chris Farah Chris yeah Farrah. with my name one R Chris Farah Farah like Farah Fawcett you can see Steven and I performing every second and fourth Thursday of the month at 9 o'clock at the Moving Arts Theater on Hyperion Avenue in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. That's right. Um, thank you to... Elizabeth Salute for artwork. Andrew Hayworth for our theme music. And thank you for listening. <laughs>